Jillies, I hope you're having a wonderful week. I'm having a pretty good time. Pumpkin coffees are back. Uh, Starbucks has a drink that's chai tea with pumpkin cold foam. Uh, I was ordering it before it was on the menu, not to brag, but I can't recommend it enough. It is delicious. Um, but other than that, a past guest is releasing her debut album. Uh, you guys might remember Peggy O'Leary. Uh, she was great. You can go back to that episode. It was really fun fun um but you can pre-order that now it's called fat cheerleader (laughs) and it's great i was there for the taping you're gonna love it so definitely pre-order that now um and then also uh you are going to absolutely love your guest and this episode it was so much fun i'm so excited that we got to sit down and talk she is an award-winning winning performer writer producer and director uh so let's just get right into it Real chills with Meg Gats. Real scary. Real silly. Real stories. Hey everybody, welcome to Real Chills. I'm so excited for our guest today. Today we have Jessica Mathis, also known as Divinity Rose. Jessica, how are you? Hi. Hey, thanks so much for having me here. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Your story sounds so cool, but we'll get to them in a little bit. We always like to ask our guests the same question when we start, and that's when it comes to the paranormal, where do you see yourself? Are you more of a true believer or a skeptic? I would have to say, you know, I think there is there is a gray area where there's skeptics who are potential believers. And they're like true believers who are also a little skeptical. And I probably fall to the true believer that's a little skeptical. Like I try to always keep an analytical mind. I kind of have one anyways. But at the same time, my entire life has just been filled with things that I cannot deny. So, Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's mostly where everyone lands. Like, I don't think I've come into anyone yet who doesn't question. Like, I think it is that we're just questioning what we saw and just having like a like an open mind about it instead of just kind of like brushing it off. Yeah, um, so that's that's super interesting. And um, th- what was the moment or the person or um, experience that caused you to become a fan of the paranormal? That's a good question. So I had a really strange childhood I went through foster homes as a child um I was and then I was adopted uh, by um a really well-off family that was very conservative Christian religious and kind of got the idea that anything else was evil even though the bible has all kinds of weirdness in it you know and magic (laughs) magic and and mysticism and Mm -hmm. spells and spirits and so right um it wasn't until no, I take that back. I, I probably as a teenager, some uh, started to be interested, but really as an early ad- young adult in my early 20s was when I started to be like, well, I've had dreams that come true since I was a kid or I say stuff Whoa. and people are like, how did you know that about me when I was just like tossing out a joke or something since I was a kid? And I kind of always just played it off like, oh, I'm psychic or whatever, just kind of kidding around like because I felt like, oh, I shouldn't be that way, you know? So right. it wasn't until I really, and then I started having out-of-body experiences in my early 20s without trying and I didn't know what it was and it actually terrified wow. me. I thought it was like spiritual warfare or something because that's what I grew up with. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Body. Yeah. And so it was about that time, I think, that I don't know if I was like just going through this um, spiritual awakening or like trauma that I've been through as a kid was pushing its way out or what. But um, just that hyper vigilant mind of mine, probably from childhood trauma, had started to like question uh like certain walls that have been put in place and that's probably when I really started looking into more and then I ended up working on a film at Waverly Sanatorium here in Kentucky cool yeah that's so cool and um it's like I guess it's been listed as one of the top haunted places in America and Mm -hmm. I was working on the film Death Tunnel by the Booth Brothers and they were also coinciding or alongside that making the documentary spooked which has been on like sci-fi right. channel. I love spooked, and yeah 
Yeah. And so when I was there, I was working in the art department and I had taken my camera and I ended up doing just a ton of set photography and I got photos of things or people that weren't there. Like when I took the photos. So That's awesome. do you still have those? <laughs> I have do like somewhere. I, I'd have to look for them. Yeah. But um, one of them, it was funny because they had it in the documentary and I was like, I had just, I had been in one film as an actress at that point as a supporting role and done lots of little sketch comedy and just started doing stand-up comedy and like, I uh, ended up being a body double in that movie, in that film, but that's hilarious. But the the documentary, they had me talking about a photo of mine and holding it. And I was like, this is the first time I'll be on like network television. And I was like, oh my God, I can't wait for it to come out. And then of course, <laughs> being a female, like, when I see it, it's cropped to like my boobs oh, and me holding no. the photo. And you can hear me talking and stuff, but it was just like, I thought it was hilarious. I was like, of course, my first time on network TV, it's my boobs. Of course. Yeah, no face. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so your boobs debuted on yeah, My boobs debuted on sci-fi <laughs> channel. I guess they're out of this world. <laughs> that is awesome yeah, no. that is a great credit yeah. oh my god so gosh. that's really i think what fueled it and at the time i was also um editor-in-chief of a like a, a campus newspaper and i uh had we supposedly had a ghost in our bell tower of what used to be a seminary but was now used for a college uh campus and so I did an article about that and then also traversed out to this house in Louisville called that was been referred to as the Gars Lane Project. And they have all kinds of activity there. So I went there and kind of took photos and listened to their stories and their EVPs that they had. And that's probably really when I started delving more and more into wow. that one. Yeah. That's so interesting. So one big thing that I find interesting is that a lot of the times when you come from like a really strict religious household or like a non-believer household, maybe you'll see stuff as like a kid, but you'll put up walls and it's really hard for things to come through once those walls are up. So it's really interesting to me that even with all of those walls, it was almost like your abilities were like fighting <laughs> through. Yeah. And that's why you're like thinking it was like Christian mayhem or something, but it was really just like those abilities still shining through, which is like so so interesting. Um, and this is kind of like a, I guess a side question. Cause I do want to get into like your ghosty stuff, but like, ha have you since started like working on your ability, like practicing your abilities or are you trying to no, keep that? I, I really went too far into practicing my abilities, but I definitely, that was definitely the beginning of a journey of knowing myself better and meditation and clearing out trauma like clearing out things sure. holding me back from my own spirit like the, I think that when we go through things in life we tie our spirits up in little knots kind of like our and when I say spirit I mean the way information and, and ourselves flow through for through our brains into the world around us or take information from the world around us so like I think I think that like a lot of times when I think of psychics I just think of our brains as supercomputers and some mm -hmm. of us our brains process so fast, the potential outcomes or the potential meanings or the potentials of where this could go that before we've even know our brain has done it, it's delivered us the answer of the most likely thing. And so, that's, so that's kind of where I get a little more analytical or skeptical. But then I've had other experiences that are like, well, wait a minute, that's just crazy. So we can get into those in a minute. But I think that it definitely began a journey of clearing out all of the information that I had taken in mm -hmm. and when you do that there's a lot of stuff out in just plain sight in the world that we don't wow. see because we have these filters we have all these these things in our way that our belief systems or you know fears or our own desires you know that kind of get in the way of just seeing what's plainly in front of us so it definitely began a journey of that in honing my ability to listen to my own intuition <laughs> which I'm still not very good at. Sometimes. It's hard. That's something I like have to work on. Sometimes it's like, yeah. don't go that way. I'm like, why wouldn't I go that way? That's the fastest way. And it's like a two hour traffic delay or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I've had that exactly sure. It's like, but I want to yeah. go that way. <laughs> I want, why wouldn't I? Yeah. Don't be silly. You're just being anxious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do love that also because I feel like I struggle with being present. I think maybe it's like also just like a product of our time. There's so many things to keep 
you away from being present. So it's like really interesting to think of like the the things that I'm missing out on, like spiritually yeah. or like even like you said, like the little soul knots that I'm just kind of leaving there because I I just don't want to be present and like facing them. So that's like a really interesting way to think about it. So another question that I have is, um, have you seen, or have you looked into possibly your, your bio family having like mediums, um, in their lineage? Yeah, I think it's really interesting because I haven't really looked too deep into like ancestry because I don't know my dad at all. So, um, but on my mom's side, no, there's nobody that's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a medium because I, I I did know her until I was eight, and then reconnected actually as a teenager. I went back and wow. lived with her. So, I think that she would not. She passed away this past summer. She would not admit, you know, that like she was. And my grandmother mm-hmm. doesn't. They're very. They're still very conservative. They're conservative minded and like especially how I would think you would have been afraid to admit that, you know, and like, right. but if I even thought of her, she would call me, you know, like she, wow. she definitely would respond to things. And <clears throat> my grandmother, when I've told her about that, she's like, Oh, I have stuff like that happen, you know, but at the same time, you know, part of my family, like my cousin, he's got some stuff going on, but he's like, accuses me of being a witch you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like but not in a fun like, way like yeah because I'm not very very like revival Christian you know oh, like so no it's like you know what I don't think that like and I don't I don't want to be like oh I don't want to claim that but I don't I don't really call myself a witch sure. uh I think it's gotten a really well just like Christians are forming now like every type of label could have a negative connotation absolutely but I do believe that for a long time the women who were very powerful or wise you know were threats and so absolutely yeah people in power had to find ways to downplay that to create fear watch it yeah to create Mm -hmm. fear Mm -hmm. and that still happens today and we're in such an interesting time where the internet and connectivity is just like doing all sorts of weird things to power, like to oh, like making it so much easier for wild. people to connect to each other and like spread information. And yeah. Well, that's, it's interesting too, because that's kind of what I think witches are. Like, I don't, I never have like believed that like practicing witches can like hex someone or hurt someone. But I think yeah. what, they're, they're, what they are in my eyes or the people that I associate with that do spells and they, they're like energy practitioners. Like yeah. they're, they're focusing their energy. They're, they're focusing their mind, like yeah. meditating, things like you're saying. And I think that at the bottom line, it's just like, it's helpful, even if it's just yeah. meditation. That's all. Well, every religion, every form of spirituality or religion talks about focusing the mind, quieting the spirit, being present. Like, and I right. still struggle being present because there's parts of me that's like, oh, now that I know I have the power to become what I want, I have to make it happen. But you're right. like, you know, like constantly be doing something to make it happen and this, you know, and not be where I'm at now. And and that's um, you know, that's a crazy temptation to think that way or, or feel that way because you um honestly the things in my life that I try to make happen never work out the things mm-hmm. that work out best for me or what they say or you know what comes to you belongs to you like are things that come right. to me through other people or what have you you know um and whether you say god blessed me with that or god's working through that person or it's like we're all connected and somebody's responding to what I'm sending out, you know, or however you look at it, they're all, they all tend to talk about these things, you know, they all see. And so I, when I started to leave Christianity behind, you know, when you, when you start to like kind of deprogram from the way of thinking, you're like kind of inching away, like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like, "Ah, I'm still going to hold on to it. And I kind of did that. Every new thing I came across, I was always comparing it back to what Mm -hmm. I'd already learned. And so I got to a point where it was like, whether it was religions or science or art, I kind of looked for in math or whatever, like where things intersect, like where they're all saying the same thing. And I feel like that's where the truths can be found. Absolutely. That's so cool. And what's interesting is I feel like, um, like what I've learned through like, again, practicing witches, friends, my own like video watching is like, this is really blasphemous, but you don't have to like give up all of like, 
you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to like religion and thing like that, things like that. Because like, um, I, when I was born or growing up, I always felt like a connection to Mary, like Jesus' mom, whatever. It's like a long yeah. story, but yeah. I, I just have. And I think I was sad to let go of that re- relationship, whatever it was in my mind the most. Like that was the thing where I was like, man, I always felt like there was something there. But like, even when you're practicing, you can still pray to Mary. Like you can still like have a connection and just practice it your way. And I know like in the Catholic faith, they're like, that's not how that works. But um, that's kind of the beauty of like figuring it out on your own is like, you're like, I still, like if you still want a relationship or if there's still parts that, like you said, connect and check out, you don't have to just give it all up. Just the bad parts where they hate people. (laughs) You're going to decide really in your journey, like what's harmful to me and others or what's good for me and others. Like what, what is constructive and what's destructive and not that you, sometimes destruction is necessary and important. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's interesting you say that because I was thinking about my childhood and like, it's if I have ADHD, so it was a delayed answer in my mind when you asked when I first started getting into this, I have to backtrack and say That's okay. it was as a child. I, I don't know how I just, I think I was more thinking about like when I personally started noticing things about myself, but when I was a kid, my favorite favorite things and still were Ghostbusters is still my favorite movie franchise franchise. Uh, Haunted Mansion and Thriller absolute favorites and I I saw Poltergeist when I was like three I think my mom would be like hide behind me for the scary parts I'd be like like that's so funny (laughs) 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 a freaking clown puppet man oh my gosh yeah yeah so that took an interest at a very young age for me and then I was super into Witch Mountain from Disney. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So at a very young age, I was super into that stuff. And then and then I was fascinated with like in the eight, you know, the 80s, 90s, they had like blood brothers and things like that. But I think part oh, of yeah. my fascination was being a young child and feeling out of control. And so oh, yeah. seeing blood brothers, they stick together forever. And here I was in the situation where my family was not forever. It was being, mm-hmm. you know, shifted and changed or, you know, magic. Oh, that gives you control over things, you know, it makes you tough. Well, I bring that up again because you we're talking about connections and connecting to Mary or connecting to, you know, whoever you would, you know, pray to, or even just draw strength from. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that's, important because even jesus talked about like the power of the mind and if you believe it you know if you believe and so as a child when i was probably about eight years old i had gone through some really really tough stuff like different types of abuse and stuff i would line my bed with stuffed animals and it's so silly but this one was mr t and these are the guys from mash and this is like optimus (laughs) and this was shira you know like it was but as an adult looking back, I realized, you know, why did I pick those characters? Well, because they were p- characters I saw as strong. They, they were so strong. Me, like yeah. Mr. T or Optimus Prime and He-Man. Oh. <laughs> or uh, Tending, like the doctors from MASH. Yeah, they were silly and funny. And that's probably why. But also they were like people that could take care of me. Like, right. So, but I would lay there at night and I would talk to them and they talk back. Like not verbally, but in my head. We'd right. have these conversations at night. And that's where I began to realize, looking back, that I was storytelling, one. So that's why TV and storytelling is so important to me. I want to be that kind of hero to somebody, you know, oh, going through yeah. stuff. But also, um, I was processing what I was going through by separating myself out to these different characters. So we create these images or these external things in our minds and that gives us the opportunity to have a conversation with it you know Mm -hmm. with ourselves Mm -hmm. but as manifested as this other image because that helps our brains have that dialogue where where if you're just sitting there thinking it may not be as easy to learn something or process something but if you're going Mm -hmm. back and forth or praying to somebody else you're making it very clear you know, what it is that's important to you or what you're learning in that moment, or you're asking for help, you're, you're pulling energy towards you, you know, you're pulling that energy inward. And that's, you know, that's why you see, in my opinion, people 
from different faiths, different walks, different belief systems, finding success, you know, in their lives, despite of who they pray to or, or who they, because those principles that are the same in all of them of focusing and working through your stuff and right. unraveling what you were taught to be and then figuring out who you are, are all, all there for all of them. Kind of, so. Yeah, it's really interesting you say that because I've never like considered that like the conversations that I've had with these deities my whole life. And I feel like I I don't know, you, I don't know, a lot of people struggle with this, but like I personally, I really struggle with like negative thoughts, like intrusive, like um, just like mean to myself stuff, you know? And that's yeah. like, I'm working on it. I'm working on not being so mean, but I feel like talking to Mira, like I didn't like to talk to Jesus because Jesus and God judged me. I, I'm bad and they're judging me, but I always felt like Mary forgave me. Like, I felt like Mary was like the, the mom, like the mom that would sit, like, that would tell me like, you're, you're okay. It's going to be yeah. okay. Like, don't, you don't have to be this mean to yourself. So yeah, that's just an intro. I've never considered that. Like, like that might be part of it. Like just the, all the Catholic guilt and stuff. And like, Mary was always the, the, the person to pull me back of like, settle down yeah you're being a little too much all right you didn't like rob a bank or anything you like forgot to do your homework or whatever you know right yeah exactly and that that, excuse me exactly and that is uh you know that is a sign of trauma response like that Mm -hmm. that's where i say like with some of the psychic ability i believe it's a hyper vigilant mind it's so hyper vigilant to look for threats that it sees everything because we're not always conscious of even anybody anybody anybody's brain we're not conscious of everything that our brain is recording you know wow yeah and so like when you start to meditate or you start to slow down your brain starts speaking back to you about all this stuff that's recording and you realize things you know that's and so we cool. have opportunities around us every day to learn and to mm-hmm. see where we're where our next step should be uh, for ourselves and what we want for ourselves and, and our own power to create the type of life we want. And so, yeah, it, it's, um, I actually have, I'm actually going to be in Los Angeles in October. I just found out a series of animations called triggered about women with PTSD and, oh, and wow. trauma response. And, and cool. each of them kind of ended up naturally talking about different parts of it, including that like negative, self-talk and mm-hmm. I'll tell you I struggled with it it was one of the things I had to learn to pull myself out from and I still do like I still am in that spot <laughs> where I I still sometimes have to have a friend manually pull me out or me pull myself out but what I started to do that made it made it so much better was I would take bottles of like joy dish soap and put it somewhere or or just things okay. that were little tricks for my brain to see to in see my environment joy. constantly like to see wow. joy or to see like other positive messages around my house where my brain is starting to process that around me. Right. But wow. it also took examining, well, where did that come from? Oh. I just said this mean thing to myself. Where did that come from? Who said that to me first? Right. I'm going to give it back to them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So you have to like, you have to be able to do that. And, and cognitive behavioral therapy is great. And EMDR therapy is great for, what is for EMDR. Uh, EMDR therapy is like rapid light movement. It gets your oh, eyes okay. to move. So like they'll ask you a question and then you'll be processing it and thinking about it while they get your eyes to move back and forth. And the idea is that it's engaging both parts of your brain at the same time to help release. Cool. So I had done cognitive behavioral therapy at one point and that helps a lot with like figuring, I had already done a lot of that through meditation, but there were a few more things. I was like, oh, this isn't something that's inherently wrong with me. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, it's uh, the textbook. A uh, symptom of PTSD, but anyways, it helps you slow down and think about what thought just prompted what emotion, which prompted that action or that response. Whereas EMDR, after I'd done cognitive behavioral therapy, I was still just having trouble with like emotion servicing, like unwanted emotion, even though I knew why I was feeling that way, what had triggered it, what was bringing me back into my childhood and this mean thing for my childhood. Like it was a uh, EMDR help release just that trapped emotion. That's and amazing. I didn't actually do the lights because I did it virtual. They had me like click my thumbs like this. Wow. Back and forth while and I was it worked. It felt like. It did. It really, I mean, even, and I've seen so many women say it saved their lives, like after they've yeah. been victims. And so, yeah, it's really effective. And there's That's all amazing. kinds of exciting, like <laughs> treatments being explored now, but For yeah. sure. 
Hey, I'm Danny. I'm John. We host Blanket and Covers, the show where we cover the covers. Have you ever thought about trying to find every single version of Angel of the Morning or Careless Whispers? That's an us thing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> if that's something that you think you would be into, I think you should definitely check out our show. We think that by listening to every version of a song that has ever been done can like gain something new. Yeah. Each week we do a, a deep dive through a band's catalog or one specific song. Season one is out there now. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. yeah. But I tell you that like that separating yourself out and talking to yourself like that's to me, you know, it was like, oh, so was that what I've been doing my whole life when I definitely felt very guided my whole life? Even, even as a kid, I always felt like there was that imaginary friend or that voice, right. voices talking to me that didn't necessarily have separate voices or audible. It was always in my head. And um, but then I've also had an experience more than once where it was not for me at all. You know, maybe where somebody has told me I had a spirit watching out for me. And um, got very specific. Oh yeah, you, so, so you mentioned two different yeah. people. Yeah, have told you this, and what um what did they say? Like, what was this? Specific? So, my mother was bipolar, and so, and I'm pretty sure she had PTSD. She had been through some stuff, and and so she would be in the hospital at times, and I would stay with other people, and before I actually ended up in the foster care system. One of the people that I stayed with was her, my grandmother's neighbors who had become like godparents who were like my godparents. And so I stayed with them in kindergarten, uh, adored the, the man and the, adored all of them. But the little man and I were like buds. I was like this Aww. five-year-old quippy, you know, witty, energetic <laughs> thing. And and uh, we'd play rummy. So he'd call me rummy, you know, Aww. rummy dum dum. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I, I had, uh, I, was, I had reached out to my friend who is a medium and I'd always kind of been like, oh, sometimes it seems like she just kind of goes, oh yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. You know, but I reached out to her. I was like, there is something in my apartment. It keep, I keep hearing it like in other parts of the apartment, it's like knocking things over. Like you just hear it. Like it's a presence and we all hear it. Like nobody's in the building, you know, nobody's in the house. And so she came back and she's like, oh, it's just, it's a it's a spirit watching out for you. He said he was your father in a past life. And um, she told me his name. She told me his wife's name. Uh, she and I had never shared this information with her. It was a random, you know, it was a one of 10 families I had growing up. And so it was like, wow, I was kind of floored. And I was like, you know, he's just watching out for you. And he had passed away from cancer. So about 10 years before. So I um you know, I was like, I'm going to go visit his wife and tell her maybe she's like, so it was the, the rummy guy, you think? Yeah, yeah, okay, it was. Okay. No, he, yeah, she okay, told me so his name. Went to see. It was the same okay. guy. So I was like, I'm going to go tell his wife. Mm -hmm. Maybe she'd like to know that. Maybe it bring her some kind of comfort, you know, mm -hmm. to, to hear about this. And so I went to visit her and I was in the driveway and I messaged my friend who's the medium and I said, hey, you know, I'm at his house. I just thought you should know I'm going to go tell his wife, you know, about what you said. She's like, oh my God, he's jumping up and down saying daisies, daisies, daisies. Can you stop and get her some daisies? I was like, no, I'm already here. I'm in the driveway. Aww. And then I went into her house and her entire bathroom was daisies. <laughs> like, That's so crazy. Like, yeah, it was. It was. And then that was probably in 2012, I think. And then last year, no, the year before last, I was kind of turning a page to a new chapter of life. And about to take like this two week road trip to California back and do comedy Whoa. in different cities. And that's um, so cool. Yeah. And, and, but this girl that I was talking to about being a producer on the trigger project, on the project about trauma, had uh, reached out to me and she's like, So I have these dreams that come true. And like, it'll haunt me until I find the person the message is for. Like, she just called me and told me this. She's like, and you're the only Jess I haven't tried. I haven't talked to, but I had a dream and I just keep hearing pool balls racking and hitting, racking and hitting. So I'm hoping you're the Jess because I'm getting, you know, I'm tired of this. And so she said, she proceeded, proceeded to tell me that she dreamt that there was this man with a lizard on his shoulder 
plate like at a pool table he racked the balls and then like held up his drink and was like this one's for jess and then hit the balls and um he had a pool table in his basement that i you know spent a lot of time at. he had a bar in his basement and a pool table and uh and I like my favorite thing when I was that age was to catch lizards. <laughs> so because I just lived in Florida for a little while, I just loved them like like a cat. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, and she said the way the what the feeling in the dream was is like he was proud and he was like sending me on my adventure. Like so it was. Oh, uh, it was really how did cool. that like, to, make like, you feel? Because I would. It be was honestly really amazing because that entire trip I was kind of at a place where I'm like I'm moving on and I'm uncertain you know anytime you kind of change directions in life you have those baby steps and that entire trip ended up being full of signs like really weird coincidental signs like what do you have an example for example okay the first one of the first places I saw I did a show in Alabama and then I went to my friends in Fort Worth Texas where I was so excited I was like I'm gonna hold a tarantula like I posted on Facebook about it because she has a tarantula but I didn't know it wasn't like (laughs) a tame one I guess it was a wild one they caught or something (laughs) so I didn't hold it go Mm -hmm. spend another week and a half going through Albuquerque and Mm -hmm. you know Los Angeles and San Francisco and all these cities and then when I get to I think Denver I was bummed because the places that I wanted to go I like finding really unique like locally owned stuff were all closed so I was like well I guess I'll look up some mainstream options and I went to this butterfly house and they had a tarantula named Rose like divinity rose that I got to hold (laughs) so I ended up holding a tarantula anyways and it was a red-haired like tarantula that's so funny silly stuff like that but then also like the the coolest one that wrapped it all up I had been through a breakup with somebody it was a nurse he was a narcissistic kind of emotionally abusive person Mm -hmm. and so I'd taken this trip as my as clearing the palate and um and when I was turning from St. Louis to come back to Kentucky I was telling a sister it's all good you know like we I've cut ties with him completely you know I appreciate how kind you've been to me like it's all good and it and in front of me was a heart cloud i have the picture somewhere i don't i have to go dig for it a heart cloud with a rainbow directly oh. in front of my car that was there long enough for me to pull over and take a picture and then it, and it was gone wow so just That's yeah so, so my crazy. whole life i felt like especially once i started clearing distractions out of the way i started to notice more and more like that so for sure yeah. i also like I don't know if it's just me personally, because I don't know. I feel like Denver is a really spiritual place. Like when I visited there, everything just worked out for me. Like, like for you, it sounds like it wasn't working out, but it got you to the right place. Do you know what I I mean? I will. Yeah. I will say that most of the time when, when something like that happens, like not working out, it push, it's to push me in a direction. Right. Like transmission in my car died. For the second time, couldn't afford to fix it like nine months before the pandemic. So I picked up a day job doing IT work from home because I wasn't going to like get ahead of that as a freelancer. And then boom, lockdown happened. And here I had a job working from home. You were set up. You know what I mean? Wow. So like, but I tend to like, and then anytime something negative seems to happen to me, it almost always tends to just end up in like an insurance payout that was more than I expected or like something it pushes me in the direction that I needed to go so that's pretty sweet honestly yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm jealous that doesn't happen for me <laughs> usually it just gets know. worse <laughs> I, I think that sometimes you have to like definitely understand that there are things in this life that are difficult or outside of our control oh for sure so yeah. I think then you have to kind of just try to have a mindset of like okay well this this isn't working how do I pivot and that can yeah, lead to yeah. something good, you know? Something good, yeah. for sure, yeah. And it's just, like, I've been working on just, like, accepting, kind of like what you said, like, um, like the gifts that I'm supposed to receive instead of what I think I want. So that's what, like, my energy yeah. is, like, just whatever. Just, like, I just want to be aligned. Because I think I can feel, like, when I'm not on the path I'm supposed to be. But I don't have it quite yet where I can figure out how to get onto the path. Do you know what I mean? So right now it's like, sometimes like I can tell like where I'm like, this feels wrong. Like I know I need to be, but what? And just trying a bunch of different things to like get back to, to the right track. So yeah. 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 I do. I do isolation tank floats. 
that helped me clear my mind. I one of the things touched me because I am a very fiery little redhead with lots of energy <laughs> that's go go go. Like I want to make things happen all the time. Is that sometimes there? You know, you need that darkness, that germination period where mm-hmm. things are shifting around you, but they're not quite ready yet. Mm-hmm. And so we're our. I think human nature is to be like, oh, I can't do something, you know. And mm-hmm. yeah, maybe there's steps you need to take, but. Uh, a lot of times, like, no matter how hard you push or try, it's not going to happen until it happens. It's not, things aren't going to shift until they're ready and right. line up. Yeah. Exactly. So totally. I just kind of usually try to take that time to, like, oh, I should catch up on, like, journal writing or meditating or just serving others for a while, doing stuff for other people, you know, awesome. because, yeah, to get through this period where I'm being asked to rest and recharge and, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And that's what's like less stress where where if you can like accept like, oh, this is just a time of rest or pivoting or whatever. It's a lot less stressful yes. than like, why am I not doing all the things, you know? So that's yeah. really cool. <laughs> I mean, there's been a lot of positive talk here, but I've also had an experience. I've also had experiences that were threatening feeling. Really? Not where I necessarily felt super unsafe but like mm-hmm. definitely spooked <laughs> or scared what happened yeah. do you want to talk about I lived, it? <laughs> yeah i lived in a house that was uh haunted for sure but there's this huge all dating back to the civil war cemetery called cave hill cemetery in louisville and this house was right across the street from it and it was so active we had a ghost cat like people would come over and see I the same that. cat and be like, whose cat is that? And we're like, we don't have a cat. It's our ghost <laughs> cat. We had to just start telling people that because so many people would talk about this cat. And um, and then we actually had real mice in the house. And like you could feel the cat too. It would jump up on the bed and like knead. You could feel Whoa. it kneading like a cat, or you like you'd hear it. I had um like hippie beads hanging in the doorway, it would just go crashing through them sometimes and wake everybody up in the middle of the night. Nothing happened, they're still fine, you know. Dang. Uh and one time I was reading to my son and I and I saw a mouse jump out of the closet and saw the cat like run across the bed. It was so wild. <laughs> it was so crazy. Whoa. But it's a really old house and the way that the stairs to the upstairs were was like the kitchen's here. There was my roommate's bedroom here and on the other side. And then like just doorways from that bedroom and that kitchen onto a little tiny landing where there were stairs that went upward. So you kind of had to do a U-turn up into the stairs, like from the kitchen or from his bedroom. And one night nobody was home and I went from the kitchen into the stairwell and in my head, I saw this thing come out of his room, like in my imagination and chase me up the stairs. And it was like very demonic looking and like, God, what is, what is the, uh, what's the ghost show where they all like sit around with a family in a circle and talk about the experience, but they have like reenactments cut in between or like the story cut in between. It's it's on a streaming platform and I saw it once, but the first episode I had seen was, I think the first one of season two and, and it had this, creature in amazement and when i saw it i was like oh my god it's that thing it like, was the, the same? way they portrayed that thing was like the same as what i had seen in my head what did it look like in my can house. you describe it just kind of like no not really just very demonic kind of like the way movies would per- be like kind of portray a demon with a pointed face um just kind of like hot and and a little turmoily looking you know in their face like twisted um i think kind of like not fully like skin stripped away muscles but like kind of that pinkish yeah color and you know ugh, yeah it was but it was it was wild it was really wild and i and I um, had another experience where, it, like, on top of that, that makes me believe in recognizable spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, because at one point, I had noticed a pattern in my own thoughts and behavior. And when I went home, I drew a little picture of, like, it was that whole temptation thing of where I realized I was maybe doing something or, or going somewhere with somebody because it might lead to something I wanted. Or, like, just notice this pattern, kind of. Uh, I went home and I drew a picture of me with like a gin behind me. It didn't really have a lower body holding a gift in front of me. And so I'm like looking at the gift, 
while he had a straw in the back of my neck, like basically like just keeping me locked into this pattern, stipending energy while I'm busy looking at this thing I wanted. Oh, okay. And as soon as I drew that and had that realization, it felt like something lifted off my shoulders. And when I told my Native American friend about it that night, he goes, let me guess, old football head. And the character that I had drawn had like a football shaped head. Oh. Like, so that's when I started to think about, all right, recognizable spirits as patterns like if we have our our spirit here right the energy flows through and information flows through then and and our each of us is unique each of our spirits are unique because of all these little yeses and nos we've learned in our lives of fear or what to accept or reject and so we're all shaped very uniquely but sometimes it might start to flow in a certain little pattern where those those little switches have closed off and the the energy is flowing through you and then there's these little recognizable patterns within us that have been recognizable forever, you know, or started over time. And so they've been named like hate or greed or what have you. So still, yes. so I'm trying to grasp. So you're not saying that this thing, right? The jinn or the entity is like an actual manifestation. It's more so like your energy being shaped by your guesses and no's. No, I'm saying, saying that I believe that we all are made up of energy and motion like we're all made up of information yes, yeah, in absolutely. motion right yeah and so this I, what i'm saying is that's when i began to think about oh well you know then if there is like this particular named demon then it's like when energy's flowing in this pattern mm-hmm. and then it and, and then it can become a part of your own like it, it could be something that is oh wow body, you know what i mean like yeah so then, it becomes part of you then you yeah. have to like once you realize that you release it you free up all that energy inside yourself to flow more in your path like your unique pattern and what you want towards your goals that's amazing did um did your friend have like a name for this being or if you remember no okay. that's all they called it <laughs> that's all he said knew it. wow yeah but if um i i have the uh tarot and i got it later and i was like oh my god it was um brian Froud's fairy oracle uh cool. set of tarot it's not tarot cards technically it's like a fairy oracle, oracle um so it's a little different than the traditional tarot but one of the characters one of the cards is i'm not sure how to pronounce it because it comes from like gaelic i think but the glankener mm-hmm. uh this very like used car salesman like always selling you on the next shiny thing and he has had shape like that so that's oh it's like yeah, similar so and it's the same vibe like, yeah. yeah wow it sounds like the entity was kind of giving you false promises um to take in like the energy that that you're giving to getting the reward does that make sense yeah do you well, know what i mean it's really interesting because i i dated somebody recently that like has not done a lot of personal work and when I came in and and I'm and I've reached a point where I can say a lot of my attempts are successful. Like my, I put my energy into stuff and it comes back. Like right, because I've worked very hard to create that type of net matrix around myself of like my efforts paying off, you know, and by mm-hmm. removing the things that were in my way. But he like it started to really kind of make him anxious or or torment him a little bit that he wasn't doing enough or whatever. And and that was it was like you know. I do believe if you want to look at it from a Christian viewpoint um, and call them demons, that if you are working to like, suddenly there's a chance for you to free yourself, they're going to fight pretty hard to keep control of you. Whether you call that demons from, from, from a Christian standpoint, or you call it patterns from a, a psychology standpoint, they're used to being in control. Right. And they're, they're parasiting they're like yeah they're it's these little patterns inside you that live because of you like they're that you're letting them cycle right and so if you begin to do things that threaten them they're gonna like fight even harder by prompting your negative self-talk right Mm -hmm. or your um things in your life happening and the way you're responding to them not being like just the, it's like the Christians would call the accuser, right? right. The, the accuser, the voices that started. So, like, I think that, yeah, when you when you come across anything that could possibly free you, or you're starting to take those steps to free yourself from these uh, self destructive habits or negative self talk or things like that, 
it's almost like they come out full force to try even harder you know and then you gotta keep your path to like keep going and keep learning and keep working to free yourself to, to where they finally realize that it's no use you know and and as you do that you free up more of your own energy to to put into things to put into your you know your intentions it is amazing how much more control like having this belief system like how much more control you have versus like (laughs) because sometimes it can feel like you don't have any but i mean it's it's just really interesting that you can like free yourself up and yeah. like you're achieving so much so I, I believe it's working you know like you're really impressive yeah. and congratulations on Thank the you. award-winning triggered series is it um uh what is the platform is it like a short right like- now it's not it's right now it's not uh, publicly available anywhere okay i made the animations it was like it'd be cool to go forth and make a mini doc or a full doc about right. trauma because there aren't any there aren't many well there's maybe one that but really if you go online and look and that one is only available sometimes and then they lock it away again and then they release it but if you go online and you just look for trauma documentaries it's all veterans it's all like war related or military related so for me i was like there's so many people that are like walking around thinking they're the problem and really they were abused or they like at a young mind or what something happened along the way that gave them these wounds and now those wounds are running their lives and things could be so much better so i wanted to make something but i started with the 10 animations because i got a small grant and um then i've held on to them because i wanted to try to develop it further and i'm still kind of in this place of like okay well i have a whole outline of topics do i want to do documentary do i want to do maybe like a web series for a mental health organization or something like that. So I'm kind of trying to decide what to do with them now. And that's why they're not publicly available. So then I'm just sending them to some festivals and stuff to get people talking about them to cool. find other people who might want to run with it and, and see what we could do. That's awesome. Okay. But so I, I want it to be more like the animations themselves are very hopeful in nature. Mm-hmm. Like they mentioned some of the struggles, but they're hopeful and they're bite-sized. And so if I do make a mini doc or a series, I kind of want to include comedy somehow. I kind of oh, want it to yeah. be like a law of attraction where it's more focused on what could be different, the life you could have instead of like all the sadness and all the, the and negativity. The, yeah, because it's heavy to hear those stories. It was really heavy for me to like. I interviewed ten women, you know, and for a few hours each, and the stories are heartbreaking. You know, yeah, and having PTSD myself, I was like. deep breath like listening to the stories you know so right wow wow that's so cool that like those women participated it's hard like i don't know it's really they were all so wonderful and they felt heard when we won the telly awards and i was telling them like you're a telly award winner too even though the women who gave me their stories remain anonymous um they were just like they felt validated they felt heard most of them say they felt like this was a part of their healing so it's really good that that was the real award for me was like to know that what we've and it and it helped me a lot too it helps you know you're not alone you know i feel yeah that's that's kind of like it's almost like magic because like it's like like their trauma is being eased a little bit you're relating and then also viewers hopefully are going to also have that connection so that's like yeah. it's just so cool it's just so cool when a project is just you know positive for everybody you know yeah when i was working on it i had women be like can we go to lunch and like start telling me stories of stuff they've been through when they were young and oh, never gosh. really thought about it you know like yeah yeah that's the dangerous part is like when you open that door and you start like oh no <laughs> yeah. there's more things here than i thought <laughs> yeah. yeah i know well there there really is and that's always been something i've had to i've struggled with being a very like I'm neurodivergent so like I'm very trusting and I'm very like I talk about everything to everybody you know right and I had to learn to set boundaries I had to learn to like I just wrote a comedy screenplay it's about a girl you know needing to learn to set boundaries and red flags but uh, and what those are but 
you know, I, when you are very shiny or like out there and you attract things, like you're going to attract all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And that was hard for my neurodivergent brain to realize is like, you know, you could just not say this and you wouldn't attract this, (laughs) you know, like you, Mm -hmm. if you, if you learn to strategize about how much you share, you might be able to better control what you attract to yourself. Wow. That's such a good point too. Cause I do, I don't, I'm not, like soup but I do feel like sometimes I can be shiny you know what I mean like I've definitely yeah, had moments definitely where shiny. Like, what's yeah. happening <laughs> yeah and then people take advantage of the yeah so I get it that's really interesting um this has been a great conversation and first of all I would love to have you back whenever you feel sure, like yeah. it so just let oh, me yeah. know <laughs> if um because this was really fun and interesting and also please let me know <laughs> when people can stream your project because uh, it just sounds awesome and I want to see it. Oh, so. thanks. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that that website is triggerstories.com. Mine is divinityrose.com, but I haven't updated. It's going to get an overhaul soon. I've been recording a fun little web series in the background. I'm going to change everything all at once. And then my video, my production company, my writing is shedreamscontent.com. Very cool. So, yeah, so cool. all of my news will go there. Awesome. But I post to Facebook more than anything. Like that's the easiest to keep up with. Okay. So is that where people should, should where should people follow you? Would it be Facebook? Uh probably that's where most active is Facebook. Okay. I'm I'm but I'm like at that max friendship thing where I have to like not accept people unless I know them and then I gotta make room. So they can follow there. They can definitely click follow. It's Facebook.com slash divinity rose awesome. or awesome. um Instagram divinity rose IG. But this is a lot of fun. Yeah, very cool. Okay, I, I definitely, I will, I need to follow you. So, yes. <laughs> so I will. Um, and I need to follow you. <laughs> but yeah, you were so much fun. You are definitely really shiny. This was like the quickest, easiest so conversation you, yeah. ever. Really? Yeah, it was really fun. And yeah. I was, I'm grateful that you were able to to be here. Um, but yeah, so thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Real Chills is produced by Meg Getz and Alyssa Chaskowski. The show is edited by Dan Getz, theme music by Sam Williamson, and artwork by Buffy the Design Slayer. Subscribe where you get podcasts and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Real Chills Podcast. Slide into those DMs with your true scary stories. Real Chills Podcast is a member of the Wasted Robot Network. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.